Welcome to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. You are going to be so jazzed about today's show because we have somebody who's going to teach you how to get what you want. She is an icon in the industry, multi-talented, quite sassy and spunky. I just love it. And you already know who she is because she has made herself known. I've got to tell you, if you don't, you will. She's an actress, a producer, a director, a writer, and a vocalist. We're going to talk so much about many of the things she does, but also as a munition, musician, she is really known for so many different roles, but starring in The Hills Have Eyes, as well as Welcome Back Carter, um, and Cut. Those are just to name a few. So I have some that are my favorites, Reese Company, Electra Woman and Dining Girl, but that's really dating me too. So moving along, Two more current things. We're going to hear a lot about what she's got going on. Absolutely multi-talented, multi-faceted, gorgeous. She's performed everywhere from Broadway with Tennessee Williams to, oh my gosh, even the small screen opposite of John Travolta. And we're going to hear so much about it. Let's welcome her right now. Susan Lanier, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rebecca. Keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I mean, there's just so much that I want to share in it. And I just can't. Well, I'm trying to contain myself, but I, I don't want to I don't want to blow the lid off because this is your story. This is your life. And you have really just shown people that if you want it, you can get it and you don't have to stop. You can keep going and then also as you're doing that explore so many other parts of yourself that flourish and you're doing it how did you get started in entertainment oh my goodness i i feel like i've been intrigued with it since my earliest memories i would watch miss america on tv with my mother who never missed it my mother was a very pretty woman and she loved the beauty contests back in the day and on our old black and white TV or whatever we were watching, uh, she would watch Miss America and, and they would do talent stuff. And though I didn't get ever become tall enough to even think that way, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm kind of, uh, compromised in height. I mean, you know, five, three, so that's not tall enough to be a Miss America. But, or even enter a beauty contest, I was intrigued with the talent part of those shows. Uh -huh. And if they twirled, I would copy them. Even as a little kid, I would, you know, pretend I had a baton and throw it up in the air, sing or dance or whatever. And then when I was about 13, I was walking through a park in Dallas, and they were having an audition for a play called Winnie the Littlest Witch. And I didn't even know what an audition actually was. Yeah. So I went up and I said, what's going on? And they said, we're having an audition for this play. And I went, well, I want to audition. I want to be in the play. And I auditioned, got the part of Winnie, won an award at the Parks and Recreation um, thing at the end of the year. And that sparked it. I joined a, a theater company called Theater 3 in Dallas um, with um, a, other school chums of mine, Morgan Fairchild and Bill Bickley. And we, we really learned the craft of acting and theater acting, particularly at Theater 3 in Dallas, Texas. Theater 3, I love it. I bet that has stayed with you for so long, just back here in everything that you've done. Well, 
one of the things they taught, which I find um, a lot of people haven't been blessed to have this uh, background, mm-hmm. is extreme discipline and that we were taught very early on it wasn't easy. They would make us clean the toilets to be in the plays. They would make us clean the theater. You had to be on time. There were, you know, a lot, they, they taught us a lot of discipline, not to break character and things like that. Yes. And I think it prepped me and my, and Morgan for sure, and uh, for how hard it is really and how disciplined you have to be in Hollywood or New York, you know, on stage. It really does make a lot of sense because there are millions of people going to where the film industry is. So everybody went West to go to Hollywood to break into the business. And now people are doing Atlanta and in Texas. And I guess even Louisiana is starting to be, to be something. But when you're competing and you've got to set yourself apart and you really have to know your craft and be able to stay so focused so that you can move beyond and it also accept direction. I totally, I, you know, I, um, I sometimes refer to this. I teach a little on camera acting class on zoom. I started that back up. I used to teach in the old days in LA. I had a huge class and then I quit um, to do music and other things. And uh, I start during COVID. I thought, well, maybe I'll, teach again and I had a little have a little group and and um and what I try to teach is you know if if you get directed in a scene you don't question the director our teacher um they're right you know um particularly if you're not a huge name and you just want to work you you've got to follow direction and I have uh some of the newer students don't realize that even if the direction is not what have what they agree with you know you have to follow it an actor's job is to follow direction a director's job is to direct actors and the writer's job is to create create the project the actors really uh have to learn that that they're kind of like third on the totem pole in terms of you know having having to make creative choices you know you you yes you have to take direction. Yeah. Yes. And it's not about an egotistical like focus here because it's about what are we going to get in this frame that conveys what we need to do in this amount of time per the script. It's not about you or whether you didn't do it specifically to this at, at, in the overall scheme. It's what is it going to be that's going to get this to the next part it's really interesting how this works and it's really, let me ask you from going to being on the one side and then actually teaching it. What do you think? I mean, like that's gotta be so inspiring. I, I just started uh, this young girl, an actress in San Francisco uh, who was working with the ACT. I had, uh, I was friends with her aunt and we had lunch and she called me out of the blue and said, uh, would you consider teaching me privately? And I said, yeah, I guess so. You know, I, I didn't start uh, teaching a class to um, be a teacher again, you know, because uh-huh. I'm, 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 I do my passion projects, even during COVID. 
And I found that I was really enjoying working with her on a one-on-one. And I said, would you be interested if a couple of other people stepped in and we worked as a group? Because I think to do scenes, it's good to be working with a partner. And uh, she wanted to do that. And so um, I have it small, you know, it's, it's just once a week and, and it's, it's film technique. And I really teach things that I was never taught. And I studied with some of the greatest acting teachers in the world and they could not have been better. Like Uta Hagen and, and um, mm-hmm. I worked with the actor studio and, and Lee Strasberg and I knew Sanford Meisner. I worked with oh, him. Oh, wow. And, and it's like, so I worked with the great ones, yes. but nobody ever mentioned um, how to act on set, you know, matching your blocking and the master takes and, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of film technique that little tricks that um, work for camera. And so I figured, okay, I can set myself apart from uh, the other teachers who just teach scene study or, you know, the character's motivation or objective or whatever. That's, you can read about that in books but actually getting up and doing it. So I really, it's really a workout more than anything. It's a workout for <laughs> on-camera work. And that's what it's a workout. But that's good though, because doesn't that challenge you mentally also because of the different learning styles for the people that, your clients that are coming to you? Oh yeah. I mean, um, one of my students also works with um, uh, some, I think it's the Royal Academy. She's working with um, a, a British uh, teacher and me, and I, she works with a couple of people simultaneously. I think mm-hmm. every teacher has something to, if they're good, if they're a good teacher. I think you can learn something from every teacher um, uh, that does it. And um, I think when you get what they have to get, then you move on and work with someone else or whatever. I mean, I. I personally can stay with teachers for a long, long time. And also I've been working with a teacher, uh, a director in New York. I just got back from New York a few days ago and I I know I had a great time and I was working with Lyle Kessler who wrote the play orphans. He's a, he heads up the directing and playwright division of the actor's studio in New York. And um, so he has a group and I, all through COVID, I was doing scenes as an actress um, uh, to keep me uh, from going nuts, you know, and it was just fabulous. I just had a great time. So I went to New York and he had moved the class to in-person um, for the first time since COVID started, and oh. I flew to New York and actually did a scene at the theater. So it was uh, really great. Well, how do you like, in comparison, compare and contrast between theater and film? Which which do you think really resonates more? I mean, you've done so much work. So thank you. I I like theater. I mean, I I, I will never turn down. A really good film role. I'm pinned for a role right now um, with Patricia Arquette. Oh, please God, I'd love, love to get it. it. Love it, love it. But, so I'm I'm pinned right now for a role. I don't know if I'll get it or not. You know, these, these it's always a crapshoot. Sure. Um, but um, I I love both mediums. But if you said, okay, you have to pick one. Um, I love to be in front of an audience. I, I love to do my cabaret show. I have a one-woman cabaret show. I love and, it. Um, so uh, I did that 
for years here, integrating my music with comedy, stand-up comedy. Uh, in the day, I actually did uh, most of my shows, particularly when I started off in Hollywood, were sitcoms and comedy. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be one of my um, gifts, so to speak. I think comedy is harder to do than drama. And so um, uh, I actually did stand-up professionally on Tony Orlando and Dawn's show and did a lot of sketches with George Carlin. So I was actually groomed with some really great comedians. And so, um, you know, I integrate comedy with the songs I write and do an hour and 20 minute show. And um, it had a really nice following here in Hollywood. I've done it in Florida. Uh, And I, I was asked to bring it to New York. So I'm going to do that. This is, Absolutely exciting because, like you said, I think comedy really is a little bit more difficult because you have to really position everything that you say in a way that's going to be taken receptive and spot on when you deliver it. So that really is a lot of work. And I think it's neat how well balanced you are and you can take those things and maneuver them in other areas that you're doing. I want to talk to you a little bit about your uh you as a vocalist and a musician, can you share with us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, I always, I started writing songs, you know, in the shower when I was maybe eight. I don't know. I remember making up <laughs> ditties, you know, and, and they were really stupid. And, you know, if I get a crush on a guy, I like Mike, he's my type or, you know, something really dumb. <laughs> and so Uh, I remember just singing around the house all the time. And I don't consider myself a great vocalist. I am not an Adele. I am not a Bonnie Raitt. I, you know, I am not Janis Joplin. But I enjoy music and I enjoy singing and I enjoy writing music. And um, I enjoy, songs will just come into my head and and I'm, I'm not a great keyboard player, but I'm good enough that I can go and sit down and work it out on the keyboard and then show it to my band and go here it's supposed to sound something like this and then they take it and you know put the finishing touches in and and make it into a a real song you know and so I um it's just something I do if I'm stressed out um are feeling anxious about something I'll go to the keyboard and just play a little bit and it sort of soothes my soul so I have written many songs and um and it really started to uh launch when I met my uh late husband Delaney Bramlett in 1977 he had seen Uh Have Eyes and so I went to a club where he was singing and we met and fell in love and um and of course he was every musician's musician. He was one of the greats. He's in the Hall of Fame and, you know, he's, he, um, he lived in the recording studio from the day we met until he passed away in 2008. And uh, so we were always in the studio and I would, I would give him many of the lyrics. So we would co-write a a lot of music together uh, when we were together. And um, so, so, we had a breakup in the 80s and I decided to form my own band and with his help 
you know, we were, we ended up being really good friends. Then we fell in love again and got married again. Anyway, it was a long story. One of those soulmate kind of yeah, stories. Yeah, I was just going there. But yeah, totally soulmate. Uh, but um, we created music together. And, um, and, and so you can't go to school to learn the things he could teach. You know, there's no school that can teach that. So I was very no. blessed. And with all of that that you had those dynamics, those unspoken dynamics between inspiration and creativity and the chemistry and all of those were just, it was the right, the right whirlwind to just blossom in so many different directions with what the two of that you were doing. And here, now you're able to use a lot of that in, in so many other directions, even in like relieving stress. And just being able to, and I think all of that's going to come back. I mean, the, the whole cycle and dynamics that you were talking about is pretty incredible because you, when you have that love, even when there's kind of a hiccup there, you go back to that. It just doesn't go away. And all of that comes out as an extension through music and people feel it. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he was wonderful and a great teacher and he was very supportive of anything I did artistically mm -hmm. and was also a great critic and had a very good eye. So he liked to teach people. He liked to make them better. And um, so I was very blessed to uh, have been married to him and to have learned from him. This, this is pretty incredible throughout your journey and everything entertainment, it all encompassing, you've really been able to get some fantastic direction, make fantastic connections, and it has done very, very well for you. But it's not those connections that did it. It's you. You're profound. And you are so skilled in so many different areas. And the perseverance has really made you shine. And so you have an album coming out. I do. I have uh, an EP coming out called uh, Allergic to Texas. <laughs> I love that. Well, it, it's a, a real song called Allergic to Texas because um, I was living in L.A. and my mom was still a, living uh, alive and she lived in Tyler. And so every time I would go to Tyler, I would get this incredible bronchial allergy. And so uh, I went to her doctor a couple of times and one, one, the last trip that he, he goes, you know, you're just allergic to ticks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate because there's so many times they go visit family and there is a reaction. I know when I went to go visit my dad, he lived in this particular area and that place had this kind of an odor to it. And I just kept saying, I don't really want to go over there. <laughs> He's not there anymore. He's in a, he's here in Texas now, but, um, but yeah, it really, I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people. Well, it's funny, you know, uh, it, it, I, I write with a lot of humor and then I have a lot of ballads, sad, sad ballads too, because it's the ups and downs of life. Right. So I try to combine, um, uh, make the show interesting with ups and downs and, and the music as well. So I try to, I, it's, I just put out what I'm, where I'm at at the moment. 
I think that this is going to not only resonate from just that one particular song that you have, but in a lot of respects, based on things that we were talking about earlier, and it's really going to hit home for a lot of people. And this is one thing that is going to be so inspirational among many about the things that you do is just in that alone, when this comes out and I know it's going to hit at the perfect time. And I think it's dropping the EP next week. So, uh, you know, it's in time for the holidays. If somebody wants to pick it up uh, for um, a Christmas gift or a holiday gift, you know, bear that in mind. (laughs) Yes, I think that's perfect. I mean, simply it's going to help people, especially at the holiday time, because they're going to be able to relate. And then they know you from the, you know, us talking today, this special time that we're sharing and they're going to be able to see that throughout life and the things that they hear in your music are really going to be okay because they go in other directions too. It's going to be incredible. Let me ask you, what is your, maybe the most favorite role that you've had in film? Well, I'm going to have to say the Hills Have Eyes because Uh it had the most profound effect on my life than any of the other roles had um because i actually star in that movie um because the movie was released in 1977 and delaney had seen it um at a drive-in and i met him the night after he saw it oh wow that's how we we met as he came up and said i saw you in that movie last night and what's your phone number the rest is history but that kind of shaped um my path uh, to a large degree, I, my agent didn't want me to do The Hills Have Ice because it was a horror movie. And, okay. and you know, there was a stigma back in the 70s about doing horror. At, but I was sort of, uh, I, I felt like I had done so much sitcom and so many comedies prior to the sitcom. I'd done uh, several years of being on the road doing dinner theater sitcom. Okay. With, People like Donald O'Connor and Pat Paulson and uh, Ed Cookie Burns. And so I, I felt like I was sort of, I needed a change for myself, whether they wanted me to do a horror movie or not. I wanted to, I wanted to branch into films. And I was hoping that doing The Hills of Eyes would help me um, recategorize myself from the girl let's call for the sitcom to, you know, uh, to real films. And um, I did a couple of pilots after um, The Hills Have Eyes. And uh, because Delaney and I were doing some music projects together, which I was really enjoying, I personally got off my own path in the acting. And I wanted something that, to me, was more fun to do and... um, you know, I the thrill was gone for some reason. I don't know why. I, you know, I just had been an actor my whole life. And you have so little control when you are an actor at that, in, unless you are the executive producer or unless you can create your own projects. Now, back then, it was way too expensive. Now, it is very easy to create your own content and to mm-hmm. uh, at least launch something through social media 
where you can get the attention of uh, an audience and then take it and get somebody to back it, do a GoFundMe, do an Indiegogo or whatever they yes. do and, and get your thing launched and get a film produced for not too much money. You know, you can go low budget if you have to, to try to get to the next level. Um, you know, a lot of the stars that are starring in movies today are their parents are movie stars and, mm -hmm. and the door just automatically opens and um, they're already born in to some of the biggest agencies in Hollywood. So yes. I feel that the, um, that the opportunities are not as fair as they might've been when I first started off and just hard work and theater. And, you know, there's always been nepotism. Yes. But nothing like I see today. Nothing. That's, interesting. That's really interesting. And I, you know, I've talked to a lot of ladies in film and over the years and what they've had to do to get where they're at. And yet there's still so much here in the world that the climate that we're in that just sort of, you feel like that mask should have been gone. Well, um, like I said, there's always been, nepotism and doors open for movie stars children but not the way that it is now i mean it, it now it's just if you're I, I won't throw out any examples just because i won't but um you know it's just easier if you're it's e easier to star in a film if your mom is already a huge star your father's already a big director and so sure. i I'm not sure some of those people would have made it if they started off without a parent, you know, that opened the door. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And so, uh, so there are a lot of things that are working against um, someone new in the business. However, um, because social media has opened up, there's so much need for content and it's cheaper and easier to get made, content made now it might even out the playing field a little bit. Okay, that's interesting. That's really interesting um, because there's so much that has been Hollywood or known in Hollywood and then seeing what we're seeing now, it's really, it, it's very interesting to watch how this has, the playing ground has been um, kind of laid out. And I like what you're sharing as far as well, all of it, but when it really focusing in on what you were talking about, where other people have opportunities that they may not have had because of being a content creator, being able to, uh, on, on a lower scale, being able to actually write, direct, produce, be in, and then submit to Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, and some, and some of the online streaming um, media mediums. I have three new projects that I'm doing with a producer named um, Brooke um, Lewis Bellis. And Brooke is a kind of scream queen, really dear friend of mine. And we like to work together. And I'm um, a senior to her. I'm more mature than she is. But um, we end up doing these projects together. And some of them are low budget. And um, But she is a hustler. And she works 24 hours a day creating content. And um, we did a couple of COVID, you know, um, 
where we shot it in the house, uh, you know, um, projects, one called Red Rooms that I think that she's Ooh. shopping to one of the uh, net, the one of the Amazon, whatever, you know, um, I don't know where she's shopping it. That's not my job. I just acted in it. But um, <laughs> we did a comedy um, before COVID started, the month before it started, um, called Stripped with Casper Van Dien. And, um, and then, uh, then we have another project called um, Leave Quietly. And, um, and they were really fun. And it allowed us to continue to act during COVID when all the studios were shut down. So um, just like my EP, like in the old days, you had to have a label, yes. you know, and you had to be signed and that label had to put a lot of money behind you and you it was impossible to release your own uh project now you just put it up and do a little advertising throw it on facebook and tiktok and instagram twitter and you have control over you know you may not get the sales uh, a big um you know warner brothers music would get for you but um you have control over, you have more control over what you put out now. And it makes, so, you know, you can go wait tables and still sell music, you know? Well, yeah. And back then you were really trying to have to break into something by waiting, you know, by waiting on tables and um, things like that. I, I'm really jazzed about the things that you've got going right now because you are an absolute incredible influencer on so many levels. And I would love the audience to follow everything that you're doing because you are an inspiration. And anybody who says, eh, I'm not so sure if I can do this, I, just following the things that you do, just just in learning about the things that you've done already, incredible. That's going to be a game changer right there. But following everything that you're currently doing is an inspiration to want to make changes in, I mean, within. So I really want the audience to be able to connect with you. I want them to get a hold of your album as soon as it's released. Boom. And um, so do you want people connecting with you on social media or? Yeah, um, yeah. great. Um, I'm Susan Lanier and um, I'm at, and, and I'm also known as Suze Lanier Bramlett and I do a lot of music under Suze Lanier Bramlett. And so I have Facebook pages under Susan Lanier and Suze Lanier Bramlett. And then um, Instagram, I'm, you know, if you type in either name, I'll come up. Um, but uh, I'm on Twitter and um, uh, at Susan Lanier and Facebook and Instagram and I don't know what name I'm using on TikTok because I, I don't do it very often, but I think I might become a little bit more engaged with uh, TikTok. You know, I, I think I'm, that would be fun. Yeah, I think that would be fun. Maybe even doing some lives as you with you know, just even some snippets of your album as soon as it releases on there. And um, I think that that people are really going to resonate with that. So many ways, so many ways. Yeah, I, I kind of, well, I've been focusing on writing a book, and so I've kind of slowed down on my um, social media chops, which I need to uh, groom a little bit so that I can um, keep up with the changes, because there's so many, everybody's doing, you know, it changes by the day, that so, social media and what people want to see. Yes. 
So, you know, uh, but I am writing um, a memoir about living in New York in 1967. And um, uh, it's very dark. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a new for me. I've written uh, for TV before a little bit, but this is my first book. And so I'm getting such a thrill out of doing it. So please watch for that too when yeah. it's released. Oh, this is going to be even better because we'll be able to really visualize a lot of the things that as you know how we talk and you can kind of get bits and pieces in a conversation, but when you sit down and read a book and you want to go back a couple of sentences so you can really get your, that fluid visual inside your head going, this is going to, this is going to be pretty incredible. Well, it's uh, the memoir's not my whole life. You know, I started thinking maybe I, I would do that because people were asking me, you need to write a book. And, and I, I realized that if I, I enjoyed, this is six months of my life, just six months. And, um, and it, like I said, it's very dark. And then we'll see if uh, I go to the next one. But, um, you know, I, 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 there was, there was too much to put in for, for, for a whole book. You know? I love it. And I love that there could be potentially even more. I, I happen to be a reader and I love to be able to, understand things and connect in such a way that is a little bit different than vocal conversation because there's a lot when you actually can smell and hold and you know you get to use so many senses within that so I'm really delighted that you have taken a few minutes out of your day more than a few minutes to spend some time with us so we could get to know you and be inspired by you along with being able to just share your journey. And I, I really do thank you so much. I thank you, Rebecca. This has been fun. And, and um, I've loved talking with you. Likewise, I got to have you back. As soon as you're releasing anything, we're going to send it out because we definitely want to make, cool. to make sure that the audience can follow everything you're doing. Absolute great example. I would also like them to get connected with your acting classes. Oh, yeah. DM me on any of my social media and just let me know your name and your phone number or whatever, and I'll, I'll give you my contact information. So just DM me and I will get right back to you. I You're love it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Happy Thank holidays, everybody. And Rebecca, have a wonderful holiday. Yes. Happy holidays to you, too. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to another episode of Rebecca Sounds Reveille. This has been so much fun because there is so much that is really going to make a difference in your life and the journey that you have. Just hearing what Susan has said today and then following everything that she's got going. I'm going to tell you what, I want to see which one of you grabs a copy of her book first because uh, we may have a little, a little contest going for that. So get ready. Same thing with uh, the release on her album. I want to see it in the comments and I want to hear everything about it so we can get the message out there. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Make sure that you use that little when you are promoting on social media so that your friends, family, everybody that you know on social media is also going to get connected with Susan and everybody that you don't know. Thanks. Oh.